Hi, everybody. Wow. Sleep apnea, sleeping problems, bedwetting, heart problems. These are all linked. And if you want to know why, then you got to listen to this entire episode with Dr. Jean Rayo. Wow. Have we brought up some new things that people maybe aren't thinking about and an actual way proven way to breathe that will actually kill the coronavirus. So please listen to the entire episode, share it with your friends. Dr. Dean Rayo is a dentist, airway specialist. So excited for you to all hear this. We'll talk to you soon. to the beats with Kelly Kennedy from Our Hearts to Yours. And today I have a very special guest today. One of my dentists is with us, uh, general dentist, Dr. Dean Rayo, but he's really found a specialty in the airway. And I really wanna talk to him today and ask him a lot of questions. Um, he's actually one of 15 world leaders in regards to the Vivos. He's a trainer with Vivos, which is an airway system to allow people to open up their airways. And we're going to talk about why that's important. And I know this is new information for everybody. We're going to go over a little anatomy, but I'm very excited about this because Dr. Rayo and I met um, only a few months ago over the phone during COVID. And the conversation that started to be 20 minutes, I think went two hours. About two and hours. he started me on a journey of understanding airway in a way that I had never understood before and understand and studying and I myself had dealt with some airway issues and had some great um, appliances in my past and things started to change and Dr. Ray and I started to discuss it and I was like we can we have this conversation though on the podcast I know this is going to be different than my typical podcast because I don't know even 10% probably of what Dr. Rayo knows, but I'm going to ask him a lot of questions and there may be some things he can't answer that maybe I'm bringing up because these are, we're new colleagues and we're figuring out the best way to work together. But I do know this about Dr. Rayo. He and I met because of Dr. Caratola and we all work together because we want the, all the same thing the fastest, easiest, best way to help our clients get the most amount of oxygen for the most amount of healing and the fastest way to align. And that is where we all combine and, and come together. So right. with that, thank you, Dr. Rayo, for joining thank us you. today. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks so, for that great introduction. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit, how'd you get into the airway stuff? Let's just start there. How did your, you went from general dentistry into yeah. Advisor of Airways. Yes. Um, you know, I was uh, introduced to it by, by another dental friend of mine um, who was actually the inventor of ClearCorrect. That's the competitor to Invisalign. Um, it's a clear aligner system. Um, and he introduced me to, to Vivos Therapeutics, which, which is the system that I use. It's called Vivos. Um, and Basically, uh, you know, this was probably about five or six years ago. I started using it right away, and the results that I was getting with my patients was mind-blowing for me, for my patients, for my staff. Um, there are so many ailments, so many comorbidities that happen with people who don't get enough oxygen, whether it be at night or during the day. And this really addresses the root cause of why probably 90% of the humans on the planet do, are not able to get enough oxygen during the day and wow. while they're sleeping. And that's a, that's a bold statement. And when we first spoke, that's one of the things you said to me about 90% of the people aren't getting. 
airway or uh, proper oxygen. And I said, well, that's interesting because about 88% of our American population has a metabolic disorder. And these two things have to be connected. Right. I mean, it, it's incredible what happens to a person when you increase their ability to breathe and breathe properly. In other words, breathe through their nose. You know, oxygen is so important, but so unimportant at the same time, right? You know, there's not enough focus on people getting oxygen the right way. You know, people just assume, oh, breathing is something I'm born with and I'm able to do. Mm. My nose is stuffed, I'll just breathe through my mouth. And some people think, well, I'll just breathe through my mouth. It's better because I could take more oxygen that way anyway. But mouth breathing has ruined the population, basically. You know, when you breathe through your mouth, you're taking in all the toxins, all the allergens, all the pollutants that are in the air, and it's going right down your airway and into your lungs, into your body. That airway gets super inflamed and reacts to that. When you have someone breathing through their nose, that's a natural filter, right? It humidifies the air. Um, it warms the air. It, fil it filters the air. Um, it, makes, it makes nitric oxide as you're breathing through your nose, and, and that's the air that your body wants and needs in, in that form. So by breathing through our nose, we take in, by naturally breathing through our nose, it creates nitric oxide, and nitric yeah. oxide kills viruses, correct? It, it does kill viruses. Actually, it's proven to, to stop replication of the coronavirus. Hmm. So um, breathing through our nose would stop replication of the coronavirus. That's one of the first things we talked about. Yes. And then you're saying to breathe through the nose. The air, the air is warmed through the hairs and filtered through the hairs. Yes. And then and, it's and the moistened through the mucosa. Right. Of the of the nasal passages. Right. And then it goes. Now explain what happens once it goes up to the nose. Then what happens? Where does it go? So you know, it swirls through the concha of the nose, and where where all those good things happen, and and then it goes it goes down the upper airway and and into the lungs, right? So that would be like down here. Yeah, the upper airway is like is like behind your tongue and a little bit above it, and and mostly in your throat. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see if I can find a picture of that. So, and nitric oxide is also a vasodilator. So it, it this picture, perhaps there you go. Beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. So this is good airway. This is bad airway. This yeah. is the tongue. This is the tongue. So, right. So exactly. You know, we'll, we'll get to and the some tongue. people are listening to this, but if you're listening, go back to our video because there's visual aids here that will help you. Yeah. Um, so Nitric oxide is also a vasodilator, right? So it makes our blood vessels bigger. So it helps blood flow. Um, it helps blood get to places that, that are sometimes difficult to get to. Uh, so, so that's another huge bonus of, of nasal breathing. And what are some of the ailments that you saw right away started to alleviate with this Vivos, with this airway stuff five years ago when you first started that was blowing your mind? Yeah, so one of the biggest ones in children was bedwetting. Huh. And most people think bedwetting is normal um, for, for kids and they'll outgrow it. And even pediatricians today will say, oh, they'll outgrow it, they'll outgrow it. And you know what? Sometimes that is true. But, the, but they should not be bedwetting, actually, okay? The reason they're bedwetting is because they have some type of sleep disordered breathing. And, you know, this is the way the brain works. If the brain is not getting enough oxygen, it will 
make you do something so it does get oxygen. You know, for, for a child, it might pull oxygen from what it considers to be a lesser important organ, like the bladder, and it'll pull oxygen from the bladder and then the bladder will release and the child wets the bed. In adults, adults might have the urge to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And that, that could, could be because of sleep disorder breathing or sleep apnea. In adults, if the brain's not getting oxygen, you know, the brain might make you turn over and have your tongue fall out of your throat because that's one of the biggest reasons people have sleep apnea and sleep disorder breathing is their tongue choking on their tongue every night. So can you explain that a little bit for those and try, and we'll try to be as visual, auditorily visual yeah. as possible, but sure. it took me a little while to understand in all honesty. I didn't really understand the airway issue was coming from my nose because we think airway is like behind our tongue in, yeah. that, in that trachea area, but ex can you explain that a little bit? Sure. So the airway, you know, it, start, it starts above the tongue, right? And, and sort of behind the nose where, where the nose is going to bring in air. And up there you have the adenoids and everybody's heard about the adenoids and the tonsils. Those adenoids can get super inflamed and block the airway. The tonsils in the back of the throat that you could see if you open your mouth and push your tongue down, those can get really swollen and, and block the airway as well. But the main thing that every adult chokes on at night is their tongue. And, you know, I started saying before, it, from an evolutionary point of view, we are the only mammal that has part of the tongue in our throat already. It's, it's in our airway. You think about every other mammal, excuse me, think about a dog, you know, they have a snout, right? And the tongue is fully in the mouth. Right. Not in the throat at all. Right. Same with the cow. Everything. Pig. And, and so I, I say, so you wow. say it starts with an evolutionary perspective because we used to have a snout too. When, if you look back to, let's say a troglodyte or a chimpanzee now, they have a snout and their tongue is fully in their mouth, right? So what was our trade-off? Evolution gave us a bigger brain and a bigger head. And there, there's not enough room in the mother for a snout and the big head that we have now. If you look at those photos side by side, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we, now we have this big brain and a face that's pushed in. Mm. And this pushes everything back into our airway, including our tongue, which is now partially in our airway anyway. Mm -hmm. We're also the only mammal that sort of has like a roundish tongue. Mo most, most mammals have like a more of a flat tongue mm -hmm. and it's fully in the mouth. Right. So our facial development and our snout has to come and has to happen after birth. And it can, right? But we need three years of breastfeeding. We need a hard diet as a toddler. We need our toddlers to be chewing on frozen carrots with a mesh around it, you know, things like that, because that activity is what grows the midface and gives us that snout. Yep. So, so let's just back up a little bit and talk about that. So what you're saying is that after we're born, we continue to evolve, we continue to grow, and our mouth and our brain, our head, our cranium rather, isn't fully functionable for our airway at the moment of birth. And 
by breastfeeding, which is putting our tongue at the tip of our, at the roof of our mouth and suckling in a very specific way on a breast. Yeah. suckling as well as chewing hard carrots or chewing harder food mm -hmm. and he's saying put it in mesh so of course the baby doesn't choke on the food particles right. but it still has that tension that it's creating by chewing because right. i remember you talking about when we chew we have stem cells yeah. near the root of our teeth as well as on our sutures that when we make that chewing action it creates growth hormones which allows that to continue to grow and so that snout that we're talking about creating isn't this long snout like a dog or a right. or a macaque or something but it's it's a snout within our facial structure that's allowing space for our tongue correct yeah, exactly and, and and what is that space if you will what do you mean what is that space the, like it's our it's our mid face so our, so our structure of our face could look different if we do this or we don't do it. I guess that's my that's point. That's 100% like, correct. I, I how, want people to understand is, that. Yeah. They, you will physically look different. Mm -hmm. Like you've had facial surgery, like you've had plastic surgery when this appliance situation or it's properly evolved that the face is going to look different. Yes. When our bones are allowed to grow, we won't be so narrow or pushed in, we'll be more right. wide. Correct. So, you know, when we give the, the baby a bottle, let's say, that's, that's a way different feeding experience for the baby as opposed to the baby being breastfed. You know, if, if you've ever fed a, 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 you know, a bottle to a baby, the baby can't drink it fast enough. I mean, it's coming out the sides. You know, we've all done it, right. I did it with my kids because who, who knew back then? We didn't know. Right. Um, but it's, it's more of just drinking and the tongue is in the floor of the mouth, right? That's right. not where we want it to be. We need the tongue to be at the roof of the mouth. The tongue helps the face and mouth expand. Um, and that's what we need. So what we wind up with is sucking, right? The baby is sucking. And that pulls everything in and makes everything narrow and makes the, the mouth, the maxilla and the mandible, so the top jaw and the bottom jaw, more narrow and not enough space for the tongue to live in. So where does the tongue go? To the back of the throat. Okay, so just that is huge what he just said. So when people are sucking on a bottle, they're creating a higher palate inside the mouth and Correct. a narrower face right? and not enough room for the tongue essentially. So that's how this started for me years ago was that I was at a seminar and there was a dentist there that I was complaining that my tongue, that I bit my tongue all the time and I felt like my tongue was too big for my mouth. And what she said to me was, no, 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 no your mouth is too small for your tongue. And I was like, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. And so we started to open my palate and I started to really research and I, I knew this at some level, but watching it happen or feeling it happen, your our cranium, you know, we have cerebral spinal fluid, for those of you who don't know, CSF, which goes from our cranium down to our sacrum and goes up and down our spine all day long and up through our brain. And it cycles through our brain, three different levels. And that cerebral spinal fluid is allowing the communication and a lot of the neurotransmitters and so forth are in that fluid and a lot and when that happens when that cycle happens in the brain the actual sutures of the brain which are are movable they actually the brain expands and it contracts if everything goes well just like our sacrum 
should rock kind of in a, in a fashion because the body's never stagnant. It's not a stagnant being. It's ever evolving, ever changing, ever moving. And as oxygen and, and as things come in, the body's uh, regulating, it's expanding and it's compressing. And we should have a brain cycle that's measuring about a hundred seconds, meaning that expansion and contraction is at least a hundred seconds, allowing that cerebral spinal fluid to run its cycle, if you will. And within that, the palate is expanding. And I had a very interesting technique done to me um, in November of last year where they took a balloon and put it up my nose and inflated it to try to move my sphenoid. I will say they did not try. They actually moved my sphenoid mm -hmm. um, because you can see my before and after picture. And if I can figure out technically how to make that happen, we'll put a before and after right here. You can see it looks like I had surgery. My eyes were crooked and I literally thought I was born that way. We did the endonaso. My eyes became even, but it was really because the sphenoid bone moved. And the sphenoid bone is like a butterfly bone that goes across your eyes, over your cheeks, and like over to your temples. That's actually what your sphenoid is, is your temples that you feel. And it is like the master cranial bone. It's the floating bone. Yeah. And it has a lot to do with your airway, correct, Dr. Rayo? Correct. You know, when, when we start getting, let's say, some, some forward growth, and lateral growth. Um, but the forward growth is really important, right? That's why a traditional palatal expander, which, which acts in a very different way, actually, it, acts, it, it, it uses an inflammatory response to get lateral growth, a, a traditional palate expander. This is not a palate expander that we're talking about. We're talking about you know, craniofacial development. Uh, some guys call it forward domptics. Um, uh, pneumopedics, that's, that's uh, acting upon the airway, changing the architecture of the airway. But yes, the sphenoid bone is important. Um, but what's amazing is when you start getting some forward growth, all of the bones of the skull and the face and all the little bones in the ears, everything now has more room to move. It's not mashed up against each other. You know, there, there's, more, there's more flow. To, to that happens right in, in between the bones um, so it's there's a lot of relief that we see in, in our patients once we start moving the face forward a little bit and it could be a couple of millimeters you know it might not even be something that that you really see uh, but it but it is measurable um, and and the effect it has on the body is incredible and is this a painful process for people to go through? Like, I know what you're talking about the palate expanders, traditional palate expanders yeah. are the ones that sit on the top of the palate and they have a screw right. and they open it up and That's it feels painful. very forceful, like a right. cast forcing your body to go do something. Exactly. That, yeah. that, that makes the body go into an inflammatory, you know, we get inflammation and growth through inflammation. Um, this is not that at all. This is, we actually sending a signal to the stem cells to sort of turn on and, and become bone. And, and that's how we get our, our growth and expansion. So we're turning on the mechanism within the body exactly. that tells it to grow bone, where it wants to grow bone for the expansion to be allowed to give the, the tongue the amount of room in the mouth so that when we lay down at night, our tongue doesn't go, I don't have anywhere to be. There's no way for it to sit up in my palate because my palate's too high and arched. Right. There's nowhere for it to sit below because this baby is too 
small, I don't know. And so that it's going to just fall into the back of our throat and we're going to choke. And that looks like I'm sleeping and all of a sudden exactly. I snore because that, that tongue is making that vibration in the right. back trying to give me air. It's tightening up that space and the air is trying to get through it. And that's how you get that vibration. And I just uh, snored on, um, on my podcast. Yes. That was the first. <laughs> and that was very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I used to snore a lot before my dental appliance. So I know that yeah. sounds well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you think about it, you know, we, we need to go into, everybody knows there are stages of sleep. You know, there's light sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep. So we need to get into that deeper sleep to get rejuvenated to, for our cells to, to trade out new cells for old cells. But we have to get into that deep sleep and stay there for some time. When you go into that deep sleep is when all the soft tissue, all the musculature, including your tongue, and all the musculature around your upper airway, which is all soft tissue and muscle, really relaxes. And that's when people start to snore and that's when the apnea is happening. Because as the tongue just really relaxes, it just slides backwards, blocks your airway. And you, you might not wake up fully, but you go up from a deep sleep to a lighter sleep. And then maybe 30 seconds later, deep sleep to a lighter sleep. And people can do that all night, every minute. And that's why they wake up still feeling like they didn't sleep. Exhausted. Exhausted. Right. But they didn't wake up during the night. They said, oh, I slept through the night. I just don't feel good. The other thing is they'll be breathing through their mouth also because they're choking on their tongue and mouth breathing all night, terrible, right? For, for the reasons I said before, but also because, you know, look, when you breathe through your nose and you're bringing in oxygen, you get the O2 CO2 exchange. That exchange has to happen in the right way. When you breathe through your mouth, you're getting rid of too much CO2 and then the O2 can't exchange properly and can't get to all the organs and tissues, including your brain, that you need it to get to. So there's, there's so many different mechanisms that happen, all because of this one simple thing, breathing properly and staying in a deep sleep. But sleep, I mean, we talk about it all the time on my podcast, when you're sleeping, you're healing. End the story. And if you're not sleeping deep, you're not healing. And that's not. allowing your body to go into parasympathetics. Right. When your body goes into parasympathetics, your lymphatics move. Your glial lymph in your brain drain at night. If you're not going to deep rest, if you're not sleeping well, you're not draining your lymph. You're not, right. particularly your brain lymph. And exactly. that's, I mean, your brain controls everything. So we <laughs> want that to be as detoxified as possible. And if we're not sleeping properly, we're not going to parasympathetic. We're not draining properly because there's a blockade physically there we're not going to drain our lymph right. and that's going to lead to inflammation the tonsils the adenoids the sinuses yes. and that person's going to feel worse and worse your, your brain is also you know so when that happens the exact situation that you just described and the brain doesn't get oxygen it, it reacts in many ways but the, the brain doesn't know if someone's on top of you strangling you or if your tongue is in your throat so this, a lot of anxiety and stress come from people who don't sleep properly because the body produces the, the hormones and the signals are sent that there's danger. For eight hours, uh, you know, the brain thought that I was getting strangled and there's a fight or flight response, if everybody remembers that from, from you know, biology. From the previous podcast that we talk about on every oh, podcast, sympathetic, parasympathetic. Yes. So that fight or flight is activated and it could stay with you throughout the day. 
So people are walking around feeling stressed and anxious and they don't know why. Everything seems fine in their life. They're probably not getting enough oxygen, the proper oxygen while they're sleeping. You know, it's a very good point. I use it all the time that people want to know if, you know, I say all the time, your, your body doesn't know the difference between dream and reality. To your brain, it's all the same, right? And the um, analogy or the example, I should say, that I use is I have a seven-year-old who's a boy. And uh, I am amazed that at the young age of seven, he has physi physiologically thought of things at night and woken up in a different state than he went to bed in. And those that are listening know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're a male species mm -hmm. and you have a dream about something that might get you excited, you're going to have a physiological response to that in your body by a certain uh, appendage of your body behaving in a different way. Right. That was like the most politically correct that I've ever been about that. Why? Why are no, you? I don't really know. <laughs> but what I'm talking about is when you go to sleep, you think about some woman, whatever, you're a man, whatever turns you on, man, woman, whatever, right. and then you wake up with a heart on, your body yeah. is having a physiological reaction to your dream state. Yes. Okay? So what Dr. Dean just said was, at night, when I can't breathe, my body doesn't know the difference if somebody's literally on top of me strangling me or I'm just trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting emotional thinking about that because- yeah. I had a client in here today that slept for seven hours last night. She typically sleeps two to three hours and we've been doing CFT, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And she's been getting, finally, she got some sleep. And what did she say to me today? But my anxiety is increased and I'm sitting there going, well, I know why now. Mm -hmm. And she's actually one of the cases that we need to work with together. Yeah. Um, and we know who this is. We don't want to out her on this, but uh, because I know that that's what's happening for her because she's yeah. got a lot of dental influence. So that is, this is huge for people to understand. And, and the next thing we're going to talk about before CFT is CPAP machines and how they're not actually benefiting people long-term, maybe sh no. short-term, but long-term it's not. But that is huge to remember that if you're going to bed at night and your spouse, your loved one is sleeping next to you and they're waking, waking you up with their snorting, with their, with that noise, their bodies feel like they're in a mammalian fight for survival all night long. That's exhausting. And that's not allowing the body to go in that deep healing capacity and that deep relaxation mode. And that is the key to health. If your body cannot vacillate, if it can't shift from burning energy, sympathetic fight, flight mode to no, I'm okay, I'm digesting, I'm relaxing, I'm recovering mode. If you can't shift between those gears and you're always in I'm fight, flight mode, your body's never healing because it's always running from the tiger. And that cannot be exemplified in any more, like you need to understand that because if you don't get oxygen, your body's, how long can you live without oxygen, Dr. Rayo? Three minutes, maybe. And how long without water? Unless you're Tom Cruise, six minutes, Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Apparently. <laughs> okay. And how about, how, maybe he's alien. And maybe, uh, how about water? How can you live without water? Water, you could go maybe, maybe three days. Three days. And yeah. food? Maybe, maybe 30 days, although, yeah. you know. But air, how much, how much? Three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. Three so minutes. It's like, it's kind of, it's like, you know, Duh, like what, what's really the most important thing? But like I said in the beginning, you know, it's, it's, we just take it for granted. You know, exactly. I, should, I should be born and I should, and this is just a, a thing that my body does automatically. 
But if people just shift a little focus to their breathing and their airway, and is my airway big enough? And, and can I nasal breathe? You know, because some people can't breathe through their nose. Um, but but you can train them and you can increase the size of the airway. You can increase the size of the inside of the nasal cavity uh, with these appliances to get them to be a better nasal breather. Um, they just, it's incredible how, how good you could feel when you're breathing properly and you sleep properly. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate bringing that up because you're a pretty muscular guy. Right. You go to the gym, you work out your biceps, yeah. but your biceps and your shoulders would not look like that if you didn't go to the gym. Right. True. And I think people think that I was born with this face. This is the face that I'm supposed to look like. This is what I'm supposed to look like. And that right. is just not true, folks. Not true. not true. If your airway isn't working, you can change. One of the greatest things I ever heard probably eight years ago was function creates anatomy and the function that you form in your mouth, the things you do, you can change your anatomy. Just like Dr. Rayo goes to the gym and does a lot of functional exercises to build his shoulders and his arms. Right. And I'm sure the rest of his body too. I just can remember how big your arms are when I like to put my arms around you to hug you. I was like, oh my God, he's a big guy. He's really muscular. And um, I do yoga. I don't exercise in that way. I do yoga. So I'm, I'm flexible as all get out. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I created that function of flexibility by doing my work. You create the function of bigger muscles by doing your work. Right. And your face is something that is not, you're not like, it's not a, oh, this is it. This is the face I was born with. This is the airway I was born with. This is the right. mouth I was born with. This is how big my tongue is for my mouth. I hardly ever bite my tongue now. Right. Like hardly ever yeah. because my lower palate expands. I think I need an upper airway now that I've done so much fascia work. Which, let's talk about the CPAP, then we're going to fascia. Okay. CPAP. Great short-term, not long-term, tell me why. Yeah. Great short-term. You know, CPAP is positive air pressure, right? So it's going to force oxygen in, into your air. You know, some people have the nasal cannula thing. Some people have the whole mass. But oxygen is being forced into your upper airway and it's, you know, it's forced air that it almost inflates the upper airway. It holds it open, right? So like that, a balloon. Like a balloon. So nothing, nothing can really block it. And it, it's effective short term for people. You know, if someone, has an, if someone has this problem and they use a CPAP and they're able, first of all, able to sleep with it because it is cumbersome and, and it can make noise. Um, some of them are like a, just a whole face mask, which I don't get how people sleep with that, but some of them do. Um, once they get that oxygen, they'll be like, wow, that, that really was a good night's sleep. I mean, you know, it's because they got oxygen, but long-term, and this is why everybody's always titrating their CPAP up for more pressure. The work is being done for all the musculature and soft tissue that surrounds the airway. So as it inflates, and then you don't use it during the day, that, that, that tissue becomes very flaccid, right? And collapses in more. Now they need more pressure. They make the pressure higher and okay, now they feel better. And it, it's just a vicious cycle that in the end, it makes your airway worse. Because you're basically not using the muscles anymore. Correct. You're, you're letting a machine take over for you. And the so instead of your done. body making that work, while it's a bit of a struggle, 
it was at least using those musclers now muscles now yeah. that the function is no longer there the situation gets worse and worse and worse because it's now dependent upon that machine and eat that machine has to be cranked up because that function gets less and less in the person correct yeah that's yeah yeah so fascia yeah. I talk about fascia, you know, the first thing we are, I want everybody to know embryologically is a fascia and a tongue. Before an organ is developed, we are yeah. fascia and a tongue. Yes. And so where it begins is where we should begin in mm -hmm. regards to health is the fascia and the tongue and how they're related and how they're connected and why they're so unique. But the fascia, yeah. Go ahead. Interesting with that is a, someone with a tongue tie, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if everybody knows what a tongue tie is, but these people, there's like a longer, you know, stronger fascia and muscle holding the tongue to the lower jaw, to the floor of the mouth, where this person can barely even stick their tongue out and can barely even touch the roof of their mouth. Correct. There well, is some, now that, for those that need it. And you get tethered oral tissues. Exactly. So, and that's a lip tie and, and a tongue tie there. So yeah. that needs to be released that tongue needs to be able to get to the roof of the mouth. And this is, this is a, you know, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of awareness of the tongue tie now, especially for babies who can't latch on when, when the mom is trying to breastfeed. Um, a lot of times the tongue tie is the issue in the infant. Um, so so there, there are great oral surgeons and, and dentists that release, even in the infants, they release the tongue. Um, but you, you were talking about fascia and that fascia, Apparent, you know, goes down the whole front of our body down to the tip of our toes. And there have been patients who have had their tongue released where they say they have more movement in their toes now. Which well, is because the fascia bands from yeah. the tongue go down the, the front of your neck down all the way down to your big toes. Right. Yeah, and they start wiggling their toes. They go, oh my God, is that, is that possible? And we say, yes, it's very possible. You know, that's, that's, the fascia is like one big sheath, you know, in the human body, starting here. Starting there. And so when they do the tongue tie, it's important to actually unwind the fascia, because now that that tether is no longer there, we've got to release all the tissue around it as well. And some people get instant release, but I'm telling you, even with the dental work that I know you do with Vivos, you have to do myofunctional therapy, because yeah. now that you're your oral appliance has allowed you to be in that proper place to allow the expansion to occur and the contraction to occur of the palate. You still need to teach your muscles how to move differently in your face. Right. And the muscles are all bound by the fascia. Right. And, and, the, uh, and, and we got to release all of that. And then that allows the lymph to move. Sorry, right. go ahead. No, that's, that's exactly right. And you know, you train, you could train the tongue to sort of, you know, it's called tongue posture to train the tongue to stay where it's supposed to be, even while you're sleeping. And um, it's, it's a pretty incredible result. It, it really is. We're, you know, between the expansion, the craniofacial expansion, the myofunctional therapy, uh, tongue, tongue release and lip release if necessary, um, it's, it's, incredible. it's just incredible results that we get. So in those results, um, let's just talk about that for a minute. So, okay, we talked about wetting beds, but I imagine sleep, obviously, disorders, pain, yeah. headaches, yeah. digestive issues, yes. you know, because you're dealing with the heart, ability, heart, issues. heart conditions. Yeah. What else do you see, Dr. Rayo? You know, you have to think, if, if 
the brain is not getting oxygen, the heart's gonna react too, right? The heart's gonna start pumping faster. The pulse rate goes up. You see it on every, on every sleep study. Oh, blood pressure, high blood yeah. pressure. One of our clients has had huge results in their blood yeah. pressure from getting the airway, yeah. Yes. Um, so we, I have like multiple patients who are off their blood pressure meds. Just we fix their airway, you, you know? But it makes sense if you really think about it, that you know, there's not enough oxygen in the body, not enough oxygen to the brain the heart's gonna pump a little harder. When the heart pumps harder, people get an enlarged heart. You know, the heart's a muscle. If it's overworking, it, it gets a little bigger and that's not a healthy situation. Um, but it, it pumps harder to try to get the oxygen out um, where, where it's deficient. You just made me think of a client that I haven't seen in probably 10 years. I feel like I need to call her. She, when she was a kid, she broke her nose right here. You could actually still see the indent. Mm -hmm. And she had an enlarged heart and blood pressure issues that we could never really get our handle on. And now I'm figuring out why I want to call Karen right now and tell her this is an airway issue. Yeah. You know, because th those of you listening or watching, you have to understand the ones that we get better, we feel great about, but it's the ones that we don't get better that we think about that keeps that us up, that keeps us working, exactly. that yeah. keep us working together to figure it out. And, you know, this airway issue, I personally feel, Dr. Rayo, when Dr. Caratola said to me, you got to meet Dean, you got to meet Dean. I was like, okay, I want to meet Dean. And then when we had that conversation, I felt like you opened my mind to a whole new area of the body that, like you said, is people just aren't paying attention to. They just don't yeah. even know. And for me, it feels like the icing on the cake. The cranial sacral fascial technique that I just learned has is really about that cranial sacral fluid, the fascial system. And for me, I'm adding in the lymphatics because that is your autonomic nervous system. That's for me the complete communication of the body. And then it gets translated through all the cardiovascular system and we excrete out our waste and hold on to what we need nutrient-wise and gas-wise and so forth. But that that fascial system, lymphatic system, the cranial sacral system is constantly communicating with all these bone, you know, it's, it's the liquid that's rather moving between all these bones. And if these bones right. don't move, there's no flow, as he said, and he and I've only known each other for a few months, guys. I don't think he even knows the name of my technique is flow. That just naturally came out that it allows the true flow of the body, because that's what I'm all about. If you allow enough, if you remove enough of the blockades of healing, right. which are scars and dental foci, dental blockades, like silver amalgam filling, like root canals, like cavitational, like osteonecritis. I'm going to stop calling them cavitations. Yeah. Uh, dead bone in your jaw. <laughs> um, or you have other infections or abscesses. Those are blockades to healing. Scars on the physical body are blockades because they impact your fascia. Once you remove those, flow should happen. If you don't have flow, look at your airway, look at your tongue. If you don't have flow then, unwind your fascia and pump your lip because that's all there is left. I mean, I really feel, you know, I don't know what episode we're up to in all honesty, but this isn't the first 20. I do know that. And in the first 20, we've uncovered for, for people to really understand how their body works. It's the autonomic nervous system. It's the regulation. You can't do this without a dentist, but this piece, Dr. Dean, I feel is so important for people to understand. And this is a conversation conversation that I don't think a lot of people are having. Yeah. Now, if we can just get an airway appliance to get me to talk slower, I think everybody <laughs> would be happier. I, I talk I, so I fast. Kelly. <laughs> I want my thoughts to come out faster yeah. out of my mouth. I think they're coming out pretty fast. 
but it's so key for people to get that if you're dealing with chronic illness, you've been to every practitioner or better yet, you've not done any of that. Let's say you're pregnant and you're about to have a baby, <laughs> then go see Dr. Dean, have that baby checked out, see if there's a tongue tie, get that address. I mean, that's the goal for me is let's catch these babies between the first six months of their lives. Let's correct whatever needs to be corrected so they can breastfeed properly. Let's feed them harder food. For how long do they have to breastfeed, Dr. Rayo? Say it again, because the yeah. us moms out there, it's a painful yeah. answer. It's a bit unrealistic, but you know, we see the most craniofacial development in, in a baby who's breastfed for three years. But it, it's it's almost not possible in, in modern society, <laughs> you know, right now. For um, a sane woman, yeah. God bless her soul. I mean, right. I breastfed for as long as I could and yeah. tapped out in just under a year. Yeah. And that's typical, you know, in, in our modern society. But, you know, when you still even now go to these areas of the world that aren't fully industrialized um, and you see, you see that these, these children are breastfed for three years, there's no processed foods. I mean, you know, processed foods is, is just killing all of us. Um, the and soft the, the, the Soft processed foods, exactly. And the hard diet that these kids are on. I mean, they have these big, beautiful jaws that house 32 teeth. You know, the wisdom teeth are in and functioning. Um, most of us have wisdom teeth stuck in the bone because there's not enough bone there for it to come out, for the wisdom teeth to come out. So, and there's no snoring and no sleep apnea and, no, you know, very little stress and anxiety and you know, all, all the comorbidities that go along with it. Uh, it, it just, it's not there. And, you know, there was an experiment where they introduced processed foods and bottle feeding to these societies. And in the first generation, 50%, we had uh, malaligned teeth. We had snoring, sleep apnea, all the things that, that we have, that, you know, in our modern society. In our modern society. Yeah. So listen, we're not going to trade off here and go, I'm going to want to go live in the woods. That's not right. what we're asking. We're just asking yeah. to be mindful. And I would imagine maybe there's some teaching we can do to our children to teach them how to continue to suckle. Mm -hmm. Even after they've weaned off the breast, maybe there's some toy out there that somebody can create with good, you know, plastic or something that's totally food grade that somebody can suckle on or something that yeah. can re reconstitute that a little bit. But there's so with Vivos that has, you know, the Vivos guides, they're called for, for the pediatric population. That's just what that is. Oh, cool. And, and they're active. Um, it's called active wear. So they're supposed to bite into it and chew and bounce off of it. Um, sort of mimicking that, that chewing on, on hard a frozen carrot or whatever, hard food. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really good to see these kids before the age of like six or seven. A lot of development happens before that age. And if we could act upon that, act upon their genetics um, and bring them, I, I say, call it bringing them and their face to their genetic potential of what it was supposed to be, um, we have a much, much better result. Oh, that's a perfect place to end. You know, a lot of people, we're going to do a podcast on genetic testing because everybody wants to know about genetics. And I came from a father who had Hodgkin's disease. So genetics has always been an interest of mine because I was always concerned about my genetics until I got into biological medicine. And then I got less concerned about my genetics. But it's interesting. I would say genetics are a potential. They're not an absolute. Yeah. 
And what you just said exactly was amazing right. though. Genetics are a potential and you have the potential for incredible breath, for incredible structure, for beautiful structures of our faces. And we need to actualize that potential by behaving appropriately with our function of our face. Yes. And then you will have a lifelong ease flow in your life because you did that properly in those first six months six years of your life and so i have a feeling your phone's going to get really busy with a lot of people under the age of six i pray because i want everybody to share this with everybody that you know and because this is in such an important key, key to what so many people even in the biological world are not really understanding or, or realizing and we're so grateful to you, Dr. Rayo, for bringing this up. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot more questions. And to that end, they can go find those answers on your website, which is rayodental.com. I'll spell that. We'll put it in the show notes. It's R-A-I-O dental.com. And he's in the, Jer um, I'm sorry, not Jersey, in New York on uh, Long Island, right? Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. Um, I'm, uh, my and he's in Manhattan, and he's in East Hampton, yeah. and he's somewhere in the New York vicinity. <laughs> right. I'm all across New York, uh, he's, all he's throughout the week. Right across. Right. <laughs> and um, so rayodental.com, it's very informative on his website to learn more about the Vivos if you want. And Vivos is the system that he uses to help open up airways. Um, if you have any questions, please reach out to Dr. Dean or myself. And we really know from our hearts that what we want to get out there more than anything is that you have the capacity to change. You have the capacity to open up your airway. You do not need specialists necessarily. You just need to be aware of it. You need to know what you're doing and you need to educate others so we all don't end up in this craziness of chronic illness, exactly. right? Let's prevent yeah. people from having chronic illness. And in this day and age, we should be talking about airways primarily and how we can prevent getting coronavirus by breathing through our nose right like it seems hello. like such a simple thing right it's such a simple thing yeah. it's such a simple thing dr dean is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience about airways or anything else no that, I, I think this was a lot of fun i i thank you for having me on your uh your podcast it, it was great I, I love speaking to you um and putting it on film is great Yes, I'm glad. We, we started to have a conversation a couple of weeks ago and he was like, can we just do this like in front of the camera? I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's just do a podcast rather than having this conversation. Right. So thank you all for attending from our heart to yours. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and we'll see you next time on The Beats with Kelly Kennedy.